0: what's going on coaches hopefully you guys have had a really good off season so far I know I've gotten to go to several uh, really good clinics just went to SMU which was really good and then uh, going to North Texas this this Wednesday uh, for a coaching clinic as well as as obviously getting to zoom and call and talk with uh, the amazing network that me and coach walls has so so I can continue to get better and um, answer questions for other people and get some of my own questions answered. Uh, kind of in these last crazy few months. So um, I've had a really good off season so far, excited for spring ball to be coming up uh, here in a couple months and getting prepared for that. Uh, we're loving what we're doing right now with Run the Power. So if you guys need anything from us, uh, head on over to runthepower.com. This episode of RTP is brought to you by Team Builder. Great teams win first in the weight room. Ensure your team wins their off season with the most up-to-date programming and workout delivery software. TeamBuilder is offering a modern full-year, 52-week football strength and conditioning program that comes free with any team builder trial. Not only does this program include in-season workouts, but also football-specific off-season workouts that prepare your athletes for the high demands of the season. This program focuses on increasing strength, power, and speed, all while reducing the risk of injury. You can get the program once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder. Just reach out and tell them that you heard from Rowdy and the RTP podcast, or use the code RTP when you sign up for your free trial at TeamBuilder, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know that the best way to represent our big win is with a big championship ring, and the team at Legend Rings wants to help you guys celebrate your regional and state championship title this season. Their goal is to make your championship ring purchase simple, easy, and as we all want, affordable from design to delivery. To get started, please contact your dedicated Run the Power legacy builder, Sam Daniel at samd at legendrings.com. Let him know that Run the Power sent you and Legend Rings will make your ring for free. On this episode of RTP brought to you by Legend Rings, we talk with Hall of Fame strength coach Al Miller. Coach Miller is one of the original football strength coaches working in the NFL for several different teams. Listen as we talk with Coach Miller about the history and advances of modern strength programs, in addition to the great coaches and players he was able to work with over the years. We also talk about his book that outlines his life's work in football, strength, and conditioning. Hope you guys enjoy.
1: Kind of how we normally do it, Coach, is is we just let you introduce yourself. I mean, we're we're super laid back. It's a it's a very informal conversation. You know, you might ask questions. We're going to ask you some questions and and have you kind of share your story to begin with. You know, introduce yourself, where all you've been, uh, you know, where it's kind of led oh, you, to where no, you're I, at. I, I, I
2: don't... That'll take 45 minutes right there, you know, in that coaching business. Y'all don't know it. Y'all love it yet, but uh, I don't know how long you've been in it. But, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of houses bought and sold down through time, I tell you.
1: Well, let's let you uh, get started, man. You can hit the highlights. You can hit as much of it as you want. And we generally go for uh, about an hour or a little bit more. And, and, uh, and we'll hopefully learn some things from you, man. We're excited.
2: Well, I appreciate it. Hopefully, I can lend something to it, and uh, but uh, I'll be glad to share my story. I really will. Well, uh, I'm Al Miller. Uh, I uh, went to, uh, born and raised in El Dorado, Arkansas, came to college here at uh, that time. It was Northeast Louisiana State University. It's now ULM here in Monroe, Louisiana. I played ball here and uh after that i uh was in the army and then I went to the uh, uh coaching business and uh um uh, and I started in junior high coaching it may have been the best best job i had uh in my entire career to be honest with you it, uh was I was making a whopping six thousand dollars a year but uh, I, uh, I had a wonderful situation there with a great, great coach, uh, Van Elford Lay. He had run track in the Y Tittle days down at LSU and uh, was one of the probably top uh, top track coaches, you know, certainly in the state of Louisiana. taught me I mean, an immense amount about uh, how to run programs and how to be able to carry on a a program and how to be able to act as a coach, how to be able to coach, period. So from there, then I went to a high school uh, in Shreveport. It was a very, very um, prestigious one as it had had a lot of great football players from there. That was the one that uh, Terry Bradshaw and Joe Ferguson both went. Uh, went to, and they had had uh, Robert Parrish there in, uh, as a basketball player. So they, they had had some great, great athletes in that period of time. And I was, was there with a man named A.L. Williams who went on and left and took over a job at uh, Northwestern State University in Natchitoches, Louisiana. And um, it was there uh, that I took my first college coaching job. And that's what I was telling Roddy about a little bit earlier is that I I used to recruit the Texas area. That out, I I did that for, I think, about five years. Then I got out of the business for a year and got into the, uh, actually, I started strength training, uh, as I told Roddy earlier, in, in and then junior high. I mean, I did it all the way through, and then I carried it on through. Uh, of course, you didn't get paid back then, but that didn't make any difference to me. I would have done it whether it did or didn't, and, uh, but uh, I finally found out that I thought that, that was my niche and going to be what I really wanted to do, and then after the year off, then I made made a decision to try it, and uh, they had a couple of off uh, openings that time, and I Fortunate enough to get the job at Mississippi State uh with Emory Ballard and uh Carl Maddox was the athletic director, and those are two wonderful human beings, and they couldn't have treated me more admirably. And uh we uh we moved up there and uh well I was only there for a year, but it was a good year. We had a great football team. That was the first time we'd beaten Alabama in 20 years. And uh, then from there, I came back to my alma mater here. My wife had garnered a uh, real good job as assistant uh, um, um, in the administration end of it. And uh, then I was the first drink coach that was here. And I hired a kid named Barry Rubin, who now is, uh, after I think he's won two or three uh, world championships. He uh, he started with me. I coached Barry in junior high, and he's uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs now, and um, so we had a real fine situation going, then one day Coach Paul Bear Bryant called me, and uh, that was a situation I visited with my father-in-law. Couldn't, t- couldn't pass up. Couldn't turn it down, and I uh, went over and and uh, visited with him and uh, my wife and I both. And when we did, we came back away from there and then sat around at a sleepless night and finally made the decision that that we would go over there. But it was a hard one as as this was home kind of. And uh, I knew then if I got in taking that step, then who knows where it was going to end up. But uh, it was a great, great move for me. He was a great man to work for again, very similar to the person that I told you about at first, uh, uh, Coach Van Lay. I learned a lot about how to do things, how he did things, how he handled people, how he handled situations. Um, And it was uh, very, very educational for me to be around a man like that. Um, Then from that situation, uh, after he had uh, retired, then he passed away. Then, uh, Ray Perkins took over. And, uh, then about that same time, coach Dan Reeves had called me to come to the Denver Broncos to interview. And I went out there and, and had a grand interview with he and uh, Reed Johnson. And, uh, we, we had a wonderful time and he offered me the job and came back and talked to my wife about it. And then there you go. I never really thought that I really rowdy would want to be able to uh coach in the professional league. Really didn't right. Huh. And uh, never, I never I told myself <laughs> told myself there's gonna be a number of things I, I don't ever do. Ever coach in professional league, ever coach in New York or California. I just did not think I could fit in real good in those places <laughs> and I couldn't <laughs> my with my colloquialism, then uh, I didn't think it would be advantageous for me or the kids. so the thing is is uh when I did that, I knew I was taking a, a step off into the deep water and uh very, very luckily, uh things worked out very good there. Uh, we were very successful there in the uh in those days. John Elway was uh, uh i think it was his second year in the NFL. And uh he was a, a big reason, as was all the coaching staff and uh Mr. Bolden was a wonderful owner, place was a wonderful place to coach and uh the fans were fantastic and uh you know, still are. And uh then from there, as uh, coaches go, uh we we made a change, went to uh went to the New York Giants, Coach Reeves went there and that after I after I had been with him for a while I knew that I was going to be like gum on his shoe is that if wherever he went, if he would have me, I was going to try to be able to go too. And, um, uh, because he was the man that I really wanted to work for. I, I had found, uh, uh, another facsimile there with, uh, with coach, uh, coach Bryant. And, uh, he was a good, honest, hard working man that, uh, that if he told you something, you could take it to the bank. And, uh, you don't find all those at every street corners you guys are already know by now. No, you don't. But, uh, no, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I followed him and we had a, a real good uh four years there. Uh started off real good and uh then uh you know, we had a lot of kids that came in. We caught the tail end of uh the the wonderful team that uh, actually that beat us in the Super Bowl out there in uh in los angeles in 86 i think it was coach uh had been able to assemble there uh johnny parker my old dear friend was a strength coach and uh so he nailed me years back on that one and uh we uh went from there down to uh atlanta and uh we uh had made that trip uh that was in 97, I think it was. And, uh, then I spent nine years there. Uh, and, then at the end of that, uh, my wife was diagnosed, uh, with Alzheimer's and, uh, I knew that, uh, if we were going to have any time together, then, uh, That And do some of the things that we talked about as kids as we grew up through all of this, because she was there with me step for step on what we did, that I needed to retire. And I just so happened that it worked out that I had one more year to be able to get to have a retirement. And I I did it. And we moved over here to Monroe, built a home, still in it. And uh, we got to be able to do and see a lot of the places that we talked about. And then she started getting worse and uh and uh then passed away and and uh and I went to work again for Dennis Allen uh for a couple of years out in the uh uh Oakland uh area with the Oakland Raiders and I worked for two years there. Did some stupid thing out there and blew my knee out on the practice field acting like I was eighteen again and uh <laughs> it should have happened. <laughs> we all have those moments and I sitting on the ground, I said, Lord, you don't have to drop a bomb on me. I know this is it. I said, uh so finally rehabbed over that uh before the end of the season was over with and retired after that. But uh that that was pretty much it and I've come back and Just uh, tried to stay as busy hunting and fishing is the thing that I love to do the most. And uh, I've gotten remarried uh, to a beautiful, wonderful person. And uh, life goes on, my friends. So now I'm on (laughs) the the phone with you guys right now. So there you go.
0: (laughs) That's an unbelievable story, Coach. And, And the first thing that I was curious about was you said, you know, Bear Bryant, Paul Bear Bryant calls you. Uh, the Bo Jackson uh, documentary I watched is he hangs up the phone and he they have people come over to his house and say that's where Paul Bear Bryant called that phone. Was it that big of a deal when when he called you? I mean, was he was he the name that he is now uh, when you were getting that phone call? I can only oh, imagine.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Look, uh, well, I I'll tell you the really the the real real. Real skinny on all of that stuff,' but there was about oh there was a number of us in the league I mean in the business at that time that would call each other, we'd play tricks on each other, you know, we were young coaches coming up, and uh, <laughs> you know one 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 caught one, but caught y'all probably the same way. I don't know what to do now, but uh, we'd call up and we'd we'd disguise our boys, yeah, this is Daryl Royal or this is Frank brawls or this is you know so-and-so, I want you to come up here as my defensive coordinator or something. So, you know, uh, I got the call on there. It was Miss Linda Knowles as his secretary. She's the sweetest angel in the world. And uh, she was a – what a wonderful person she is, good gracious. But uh, she was talking, and I thought somebody got their secretary to do that. And then all of a sudden – you know, I'm sitting there laughing. I'm mean, like, he was one of these idiots that called me today, you know, and uh, I'm uh I'm sitting there and boy I heard that voice. Man, I sat up in that chair. I said, This ain't a joke. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that uh that was that was on me that time,
1: sure enough. Coach, man, I'm like, you know, you're telling your story and I hear, you know, obviously the biggest thing for you, I mean, you hear about like, you know, honest, trustworthy, you know, you find, you find people that you latch on to, you know, your, your wife, you know, you were loyal to her and, and did all those things for her. You know, you were, you were there with, with coach Reeves, you were there with, with coach Bryant, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, how much that kind of meant to you. And, and, you know, maybe are you seeing that kind of shifting in, in the strength world with, you know, guys hopping jobs and things like that? I just find it so fascinating because I I feel like the same thing when you find somebody that you really trust and you really love working with, you know, just kind of like me and coach Harper here, you know, you want to keep that bond and and you want to be able to, to continue that, you know, forever, because it is so unusual to find somebody like that.
2: Well, there you go. You, you just said it right there. Yeah. You, you've got a relationship with coach there and, the two of you really like each other, you know, and and I was talking to somebody about somewhat the same thing a month or six, two months ago. And we were talking about, you know, boy, have you ever been together when you have a, and these were businessmen and very successful and had a business where this, that, and the other, and they were in all different factions of, of business. But, you know, to where, boy, that was a conglomeration of people that were together and then they were really enjoying each other. And, boy, and you, you had a good time kid with each other or boy you can get serious or you you know you just enjoy it your friends you know and when you do that right there you got a successful business or you got a successful football team because I think the kids that 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 they they feed off that and I think people feed off that and I think if you walk into a building and just to say if it's a bank and boy that uh that permeates that attitude throughout that bank, you're gonna find a pretty good place to stick your dollars, I'll tell you, because those type of things right like that matter. Uh, nobody wants to be able to be sitting out there and uh not understanding or not knowing if if somebody says, Hey look, you know, uh go do this right here. And if you do it, you know that the possibilities could could lead in some dire straits, you know. So whatever that may be. You don't want that. You want somebody that when they when they tell you Easter's tomorrow, you go home and dye your eggs tonight, you know? And that's that's what you got to have. Uh if you have that, then where you work really uh is kind of immaterial to a great extent. Uh the great ones usually you know, walk up the the chain. But a lot of times they don't because I found, just like I told you, uh, one of the greatest coaching experiences I had was my first three years at Lee Junior High. And uh, it was a very memorable, very memorable uh, experience for me. And, I think it was for the kids that were there, you know, i tried to teach Louisiana history too, and, and coach. So, yeah, it, that's what you look for. You've, you've got to have that. And it's, is it hard today? I don't, I think, I don't know if it's any harder than it used to be. I, I really can't. I, I don't know if I'm the one that you would want to ask that too, because those don't get out that much, but I, I do have a circle of friends and, uh, you know, and we, we
0: collaborate
2: on everything and, uh, but you know, I I don't know the working place anymore, so I I'm not I can't I can't comment on that. But I can tell you this right now, the men that I work for, you go you go look at them, and uh, I promise you this now that that's they're a hard group to beat. I've been fortunate. Good Lord was very good to me. I grew up without a father. Uh, he died early in my life, but boy, he put a lot of great football coaches and a lot of great people into my life. And I tell you what, for that right there, man, I've been I've been blessed beyond belief, beyond belief. Rich, very much so. Coach,
0: uh, I'm curious uh, how big of a difference you saw strength and conditioning go from from maybe even when you started playing high school to you know I think you said 2014 the end of your strength conditioning career Um, obviously everything changes and everything grows but uh, at least as I've heard it there was a lot of high schools um, around you know when you would have been in high school that at least in Oklahoma parts of Oklahoma that you know they didn't have weight rooms at the high school I mean there was not a weight room you they went you did push-ups you did sit-ups and and that was about all that you you did. And then now uh, to a point where if I go back in Oklahoma, there's several high schools that they're paying a strength coach to only be the strength coach. Uh, what, I mean, that's a huge difference in not, in not so many years. What were some of the big changes that you see, that you saw evolve from, from where you started and where
2: you finished? Well, I'm going to tell you one example. Then I'll go back and t- start back again from the, from the beginning, uh, so to speak. Uh, but, uh, Johnny Parker, uh, was inducted in to the hall of fame and they wanted me to, in, in Nashville, Tennessee, and this has been years ago. And, um, so I said, sure, I'll, I'll come up there and, and, and do the, the speech for you to, to, you know, that, that Johnny and I have been close friends. I, I'll, tell you that story maybe a little bit later, but that's but I went up there and went up to the podium and I could see the people that were there. But when you're up on the podium on the dice up there, you had a more commanding view. And looking out there, I looked out there and saw all of those kids out there. Well, I see kids, young men, women out there, in I mean I just I don't know how many there were, but I mean it was a and I thought to myself, my gosh, look how many people that are out there that are employed in the business now in comparison to when, when we first had our get together. And I saw Boyd Epley at the uh, Fort Worth Conventional there and we sat and talked about it one night. And uh, uh, we, I think we had 20 people there, something like that, that he called. And we started what was at that time the, uh, strength Coaches Association, and I can't even remember what year it was in the '70s, late '70s, and uh you know the great majority of us there probably, sheesh, I don't know, 80% of us didn't even get paid for it, you know. And it was John Stucky, John Stucky, and I sat there and drank a cup of coffee and, think, and John was thinking, John, somebody said, "Man, I may give up coaching." He said he was just, I think, got fired over at NC State and. Hmm i think i might go into the uh i said well that's that's where i'm gonna go i think too yeah so he and i kind of at the same time decided that uh that may be the direction we both wanted to go but uh yeah in going back to when we this thing first started uh I started when I was uh, I was a kid uh, that's another, I don't want to get into that but I was going down the wrong street and uh, didn't have a dad mother couldn't handle me and so my mother got a new a, a guy there just this happened in my town uh, it's you know there was a guy named Ralph Miller and he was a bodybuilder and he uh, got me started to lifting weights and, uh, and I, I, as soon as he did, I mean, it just, it was just one of those deals that it hit and, uh, it resonated with me as that was the thing to do. And I thought to myself I said, my gosh, I said, you know, if I start with this and do it, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a better athlete in all my aspects of, 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 of play. And, uh, then I did. And I hadn't stopped since. I ain't been twelve years old in a long time, boys, I'll tell you. <laughs> so uh yeah, it was uh it was a uh it was quite a quite a deal. There just wasn't that many people in there at all. Really was not uh just not many people and you know, the one that I learned a lot from besides uh you know, Mr. Miller, uh, was, you know, Alvin Roy. And, uh, he was the one here in Louisiana that was the tutor of everybody. I mean, he's a reason we all have jobs today in this business. And I think people don't recognize that enough or don't understand it. And I think that it needs to resonate out there with everybody that, uh, he was the bell cow of, of the whole thing. And, uh, you know, if you want to read some stories sometimes and hear some things, uh, he was the man that, that combined weight training with, you know, athletics, especially football. And his story is out there for everybody to read and need to need to read it because you need to learn how this thing started if you're going to make your living in it and, uh, you know, carry it on because he was the one that got started and told, it, you know, the different types of lifting, uh, started learning and understanding that, started studying it, started uh, really. And I, I tried my dead level best to continue as much as I could. I was a lot of people that uh had to do with my uh, you know, learning process. What I told you when I recruited Texas over there, well, Bob Ward had just taken uh, the job. Uh, over with the Cowboys, and uh, and I, I would go. I would, I would spend an extra few days in Dallas over there just to watch he and all the Cowboys work out. I'd stand out there on that field with him from seven in the morning to six in the afternoon, you know, and uh, just watching him be able to, because he he was he did a, a whole lot of the same things that uh, Alvin Roy, because Alvin had just been there. And Coach Reeves, uh, was the one that, uh, you know, learned from, from Alvin Roy. So there goes the story, you know, and so was Johnny Parker. So there, that's how it all kind of fell, fell into place, but it's grown good. Gosh, you mighty people. And to see it, uh, it, it, it's, it's a wonderful deal to, to see kids that, uh, I say kids, they're young adults, but you know, my age, everybody's a kid, but, uh, you know, they, they're, they're making a living at it. You guys are making a living at it. Uh, you're able to help kids if you do it the right way uh, and, and training them and, and getting them to where they can play the game better than they thought they could. Some of them giving them, just like me, an opportunity to be able to go to college. I was poor as a church mouse, and I couldn't I couldn't afford to go. I couldn't even get out of town, much less go to college. So if I didn't have a scholarship, I, I was going to be working in oil fields rest of my life. But uh, that right there opened the door. Like I said, you know, people in my life. So there you go. And when you did, guys, when did you? Go you guys, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this, <laughs> Coach. You guys, you two guys right there, are going to touch many a kid already have. Mm-hmm. And if you can take those kids, take that one, you know, and give them a chance in life, just like somebody gave me, and then that will come back tenfold to you. I promise you. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, I, I really appreciate that. Um, Yeah, I was just, just going to cool. ask, when did – was there a point – at what point did you go from coaching and strength and conditioning – to just being full-time strength and conditioning, um, you know, I, like I said, I heard stories. When I was in college, if you were strength and conditioning, that's all you could do. Um, and, and we had a strength and conditioning coach that said uh, that used to not always be the, be the way in college. It used to be strength and conditioning, and then you coach the linebackers or, or whatever, and maybe he was just an assistant. Yeah. But at, at what point did you yeah. go from, from doing both to just being strength and conditioning?
2: Uh, well, it was when I took the job at Mississippi State, and uh, that that was the that was the first move that uh, that I made. To where when I, I went into that coaching experience there, I was nothing but more than a strength coach for the rest of the time. I left football coaching aside. Now. Uh, did I still coach? Yeah, oh, and, but not on a not on the basis that that you have to do uh, when you're coaching. You know, it, it, you, first of all, when when I was at uh, uh, Alabama, we I don't know how many kids we had 100, 140 something I think that that's when you could have I think 120 scholarship kids. And we had twenty uh, preferred walk-ons. So we had hundred and forty some odd kids. And it was myself, uh I and then uh, then I went to Coach Brian. I said, Coach and I had Wimp Sanderson was basketball coach, I had the basketball team and then had the baseball team. And uh you know, so yeah, I was pretty thin. And uh then I went to Coach Bryant and told him I needed some extra help there and that's when I, I hired Kent Johnston and uh Kent and uh gone on and he's had a marvelous career and I think he's with the uh, Carolina Panthers right now and uh what a wonderful, wonderful story that is. And uh he's a he's just a peach of a human being. And he and, he hired Barry and he and Barry uh Ruben coached together up in uh um Green Bay back in Brett Favre's day so yeah but that was it that was the period of time and uh you know uh that was that was when I had to make the decision I was going to, to be a strength coach or you can't be a mall you know
1: coach you talked about you know great businesses great banks you know great relationships things like that I w- I would have to imagine that was probably you know one of the hallmarks that you were maybe trying to create as you kind of started to build you know a, a strength program a family you know all those things it, it seems like that would kind of be you know the the initial thing you would want to get done hey this is going to be a family we're going to work hard we're going to win can you talk a little bit about kind of how you know starting out early and kind of the infancy of being a strength coach how you really started to build you know that that family atmosphere that team atmosphere
2: in the weight room well uh I had great high school coaches. I mean, outstanding. There was uh, uh, two men that stood out beyond uh, Was Number one of those, Garland Gregory, he was our head football coach. And he was an all-pro guard in, nine, right after the war, World War II in 45 or 46, 47, He was guard for the San Francisco 49ers. Now he was from this, the area down here where I live. And uh, he was a, he was a a really, a a real, real, just a wonderful human being. Tough, uh, could get it across uh, to you by talking to you. Uh, and you know if you did anything wrong, boy, it, it, it just it was like your 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 parents. You know you it just boy, it, it, and he said anything to you, it just boy, you just want to fall to pieces. And the other one was uh, Coach Dwight Adams. Now it was polar opposite right there. He was tougher than a dollar stake, and uh, he was the one that really really had a lot to do with me uh, personally uh, in, in developing, you know, in, in my high school years. And, uh, that, that guy right there was, uh, paramount. Now he went on from there. He, he, again, learned from Alvin Roy, came back, instituted the program right there that we had in high school. And, uh, he ended up as, uh, Charge of the pro personnel for the Buffalo Bills for a number of years, and passed away here probably about four or five years ago. And uh, but not before he left a, a a wonderful trail of people, really did, sure did. Um, I don't know if I ever set out with a thought of, you know, we're going to build this, build that. I wanted to win. And I wanted to win every year, every game. And that was just my mentality. Um, I I had great leadership coaching as, as a as a player when I was playing college, uh, high school, college ball, I had great coaching, great coaching. And uh it just carried over. Then I had my first uh, experience in coaching uh, as one of the, the great great coaches I think that that could ever have been and for me especially and uh, he was right here and and taught me so I learned I saw how everything worked and it fit what I who I was uh, It was my personality it's it I didn't you know you can't change well you heard a lot of it try to change and be somebody else but they'll end up failing uh because it just can't hold water but the thing is uh i uh i found people that again just like we talked about earlier that same business or whatever the case may be, people of like thoughts processes and and work ethic and uh it was just a it was it wasn't any different than uh the attitude that we set in there was the same as what we're going to do out there on the practice field when we practice football. We're going to go at it and do it as well as we can do. If we didn't do it right that one time, then we're going to stop and turn around and go back and do it again. We're going to get it done and do it right. You know, so it's that and teaching that and a lot of the things that go along with that, I think that make young men and nowadays young women that, uh, uh, you know, are accountable. For themselves and accountable to themselves and by their own actions that uh they've got to be able to make it in life and they've got to be able to make it by pulling up their own bootstraps and uh, getting the work done that day. Take that and keep going and laying the brick on top of that. Then it becomes, you know, boom! I'm graduated now. I'm going to be a mother or a father or a businessman. So you know, it, it, that's it. So. And, you know, being in the Army helped me a whole lot, too. I uh, got out an officer in the Army, and, uh, you know, I think that that laid a lot of uh, – I know it laid a lot of uh, groundwork for being able to handle men. You have a company of men, well over 200 people, then you can't you get up there with a mouth full of marbles and start trying to talk, you know.
0: Coach, I'm curious um, – I'm sure there's been a a huge change, like we said, just in, in what strength and conditioning is the best practice at different times throughout your career. Um, like, like you had said, I'm assuming a lot of it kind of started with bodybuilding-type exercises. Uh, we've seen a transition to a lot of different things throughout the last several years. Um, how did you try to stay on top of some of the newest things and how open were you to changing when some of the things that you had been doing had been working for so many years?
2: That's a great, great question. That's a great question. And I hope the listeners out there be able to pay attention to that question that you ask. And uh, it's a wonderful deal. And uh, yeah, I started off with just, you know, uh, bodybuilding. There was nothing, I didn't know. Olympic lifting from Sikkim back there. You know, I didn't know anything about you know a lot, a lot of the stuff, uh, how to do it or anything. Just grip it, and rip it, you know. And uh, but as I grew, then the coaches, you know, started telling me. But the thing was, is that uh, I learned from anybody. You got to understand now. When when I started out in nineteen late fifty fifty nine sixty in that period of time. Uh, you don't have the first of all you just we just got tv okay think about that you just got tv so you don't have the communication aspect we're on a party line six people you know we're on my party line we're <laughs> <You just, laughs> so that was the communication system so that you didn't get any Printed word from many people, or certainly wasn't any research being. It was research probably done, but uh, we didn't get any there. In so it was a learn. You had to really dig to find out things that you were trying would try to make you better, the better of the kids, and uh, be able to have a better program that's going to bring them in. Alvin Roy was the one that was proved time and time again. Uh that was the one that he he was uh he started in in Baton Rouge. And he well he was right after World War II he was on the um uh weight training team and then they they learned how to be able to they went into the Olympic lift and he got to go tour all those countries that uh you know were Iron Curtain countries at that time. And uh be able to see exactly what they did, watched what the Americans did. And so I got an opportunity to learn from him. Uh that was the, the great big step is that the Olympic lifting, the cleans and the squats, those are things that ended- and I made the little low assessment. That we had two great football players on my high school team and uh well they they were really good, Ronnie Watley and uh, Randy Tate and uh, played against them in college. They were all Americans and uh and I noticed that their legs were so strong. And when I saw that, I said, Gosh, No, boy, that that and you know, they were fast to boot. And I knew then, I said, I've got to start. Doing more leg work, so that's you know those little pieces like that you know you could piece together but uh that was how the educational system started for me, and uh it was just pick up pick up pick up, pick up now, as far as things are changing is concerned you know uh there's been an immense amount of research done on an immense amount of things. But there's not been anything proven yet to be able to, uh, you know, the most explosive movement in sport today is uh, is a snatch. It's most explosive. It's there. It is. So if if your sport now, think about this. This is what a lot of coaches missed the boat on. If your sport Calls for you being an explosive, powerful person, which all major sports do: football, basketball, baseball, track. All of those things are. That's what you have to be able to be, to be, uh, the qualities of a successful person. Now, and those things are built by certain exercises. That was one of the things I had people like uh Dr. Mike Stone, uh he was the real I think the first real uh researcher and educator that I became familiar with and he and I uh teamed up when I was here uh in uh at uh, ULM in Monroe here. And uh it it i learned an immense amount from him and then with this at out. out then also when i was at mississippi state i came across a guy named Al mill and yeah, that's a long story that, that happened but that changed me uh right there too uh came across johnny parker when i was at uh at i was at northwestern he was at indianola academy going came over to visit me going down to see alvin roy uh we're sitting there in the uh, parking lot at northwestern and he's telling me goodbye he spent about three or four days over there and uh you know and, and we said our goodbyes. he said you know al said you're going to you're going to win two extra games next year because you do squats and cleans. I said, well, I don't know if we win two games. The first two that we win, I'm going to take responsibility for them. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, Johnny, 10 years from that handshake right there, 10 years, Johnny Parker and Al Miller played each other in the greatest game right there in uh, in uh, the Super Bowl and the Rose Bowl. Out there in Los Angeles, ten years there you go, so what a what a fun way, so it would must be the thing to do for both of us so after that, Vermeil and I and Johnny got together, and uh then all of a sudden, there was a kid in there named uh, you know uh, uh Rob Panarella. now of course, Allen had the association with Don Chu. Don was a great. Uh, track coach on the west coast and one of the best jump coaches of his time and uh so al and i figured out with johnny that if we wanted to be able to find out the very best of, of the best we need to bring the best people in the world to our doorstep we can't you can't go to a clinic and uh, uh you and know, Rowdy gets up there and he's going to give an hour long talk on all he knows. He won't, no, he can't. And they, anyway, <laughs> it ain't, ain't going to happen. It's just not, it's, it's not feasible. So, what we did, we would pay them a certain amount of money, fly them in to wherever we were at that time, video the whole thing, and keep them for three days. And we would grill them. We would grill them, and uh, we had some of the very best—well, the best—that were that's ever been. And they were at the cusp in time of when the curtain was before it came down, and uh, we were learning, you know, things that a lot of people didn't know, Uh, and a lot of the research that was done abroad. And so that is the Uh, thing—the best coaches in the world charlie francis you know and lord seagrave that just you know a lot of out there uh ben tabachnik had invented the, uh, you know the, the parachute he came he was in charge of speed development in russia for 24 years and all the lifters good gosh almighty i mean they were just uh Unbelievable, uh, the ones we had. They're just numerous. I mean, gosh, Al Mill had gum, uh, uh, can't uh, keep forgetting, uh, one of the greatest lifters that the USSR ever had. He came to Coast Al's son up in Chicago. Uh, oh, shoot, guys, I can't get them where I'm too old for getting names. But, uh, you know, I mean, it just, you, you had that uh, association. Now, Johnny and I, Got a shot in the arm. fellas, but Johnny told me. He said, Al said I think you need to come up here. There's a guy here that I think we can learn a lot from." Said he was, he's a Russian lifter, and he's, he, he, you know, he he jumped the <laughs> jumped the ship, came over came over here, and uh, he was, I think this third, second or third lifter. You know, in his weight class, and uh, he uh, sometimes he would be second. That way, he'd get to travel. Sometimes he'd be third, and wouldn't get to travel. So, anyway, they uh, he got to, he he got over he 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 uh, he basically escaped, jumped ship, and came here. and Then was working in in New York, and we wow. sat down with him for uh, Johnny found him. And uh we sat down and he started he we gave him our program and uh when when he looked at it that you know he had it looked like it was like Johnny says, looked like somebody had, you know, killed a goat out there, you know, it uh it red all over it and they just threw it back at me. He said, ah, too much volume, you know. And he taught us the thing that we ended up writing the book about you know and uh, then what we did is through that the albert mills uh, pyramid system that he built from uh, uh you know uh, oh, uh, was the uh, doctor at uh at rome university and uh, his daughter was a, a world record holder in the 180 in the or 200-yard uh, hurdles, low hurdles. But uh, they, they were, you know, uh, they were the ones that we learned from, built a book on it uh, from speed, and jumps from Don Chu, Barshansky, Medviev. Those people, that's research. That's research. Now, those people that they're talking about training are the fastest, the the most explosive, powerful people in the world, the Olympic lifters, the sprinters, the jumpers. And so you, you, you meld it all together. Uh, the meal did a great job of putting that, uh, pyramid of development of how to be able to lay the first stone, the second, third, and fourth, until you get to where you want to be. And that is the speed, but you can't start. <laughs> you just can't start at the top, you know? Uh, you just you, you've got to be able to understand that there's a there's an order by which it's got to follow and that i'm not trying to well guess i am trying to sell my book <laughs> you know but i mean the book explains it you know <laughs> if it is what it is i guess i got it. but uh but you know it, it there it is but i don't i think that if you look at it and uh take a look at it and uh Try to understand it. It, uh, it it really does a great job of, I think, um, coaching the coach. In other words, it doesn't let you make uh, bad decisions or uh, non thought out decisions on exercises, how much to do, when to do it, and so forth like that. So. You know, that those, those are the things, and they're tried and true. And until something comes along better than that, they're all in a distant second place, to be honest with you. Uh, I hope that touched enough bases on that.
0: Yes. No, it, it was awesome. Sorry. We like to – sometimes we write some things down uh, as yeah. you're speaking so we get a little bit – lost in it and and well we're in the middle writing something down and you're done and we're still trying to finish finish writing it down so it's that that was a great answer we're just trying to get better as well steal (laughs) from you
1: we're we're like you coach and you guys were listening to all those soviets i'm doing the same thing man coach harper and i have notebooks fill the notes so i mean that's the other nice thing about doing podcast we basically get you know free free interviews with you guys too so i love it man um can you talk a little bit about like you know, I, I think it's awesome that you guys, you know was that kind of the idea, knowing that how difficult it was for you guys to get you know the information and find these these Soviet scientists and these doctors? You know, not a lot of people would have access to those guys. So is that one of the reasons why you guys kind of wrote the book? Obviously, you know, yeah, you want to you know make a little cash and stuff too, but you know, growing the profession, being able to share that information with, a wider network of people. And ultimately now, you know, that's one of the reasons why it has become so big, you know, knowledge has become a lot more shared uh,
2: and, and easily found. Yeah. I, well, that's a great question. That's another great question. You guys are doing a great job of, of of asking the pertinent things that uh, coaches need to hear out there is that You know, Johnny Parker and I, our our careers, you know, are over with about somewhere along the same time. And we were sitting around, I was sitting on the phone here and he was down in Tampa and we were talking kind of just like we're doing now. And we said, hey, Rob, you know, what are we going to do with all this information we got? Do you know anybody that's using this stuff besides us? And, you know, no. And uh, so, well, I said, well, you know, Johnny and I, Rob, Panarelli, we got on the phone, all three of us together. And we said, well, what are we going to do with it? I said, we can either go to the grave with it or uh, we can give Now, there were some that, you know, that, that coached with me and uh, uh, that, that had it. But, uh, you know, I, Johnny and I wanted to make sure that, you know, it. I think it gave us an advantage. I do. Now, if we could coach it, that's another story. But, uh, you know, I think that, that that type of workouts that we did and we had put together, and I, I say we, that you know, it was a conglomeration of people I just named. There was probably about six guys that took it from everybody that uh, had something to be able to give and, and put it together it gave us an advantage so that's that's why we said you know i ain't gonna die with this thing you know and i you know, we put it out there for the young coach because i i and it i wanted and i i think johnny did too johnny and i both started in, in at the first rung on the on the bell i promise you and It was the the high school coach, the junior high coach, uh, the the coach that's that's just starting out and just trying to be able to, how do I do it? How do I do it? What do I do first? What's the right way to do it? What is the technique I need to be able to do? That's the thing that's not taught today, is that you can learn how to do things, but boy, if you don't learn how to technically teach it, boy, you are i've I've seen things that would would it's like watching children run across an interstate i mean it's it's scared you to death sometimes watching people in weight rooms so you've got to learn how to do it as well as what to do and here's another one when to do it and uh if kids are starting out, you know you look back at the uh those Eastern European nations all of them over there that uh and they would go and send their kids to to camps, and they would. It was a it was. They did not lift, but they trained. So I mean, I think that's where Americans get missed the boat that, that there's there there's got to be, you know, you've got to have. If you take kids that are, you know, puberty hadn't set in on them, then uh, you you've got to teach them. You've got to find out what they can't do not what they can do you know if they, if they can't squat don't make them squat help them be able to create their flexibility and whatever joints are, are restricting their movement pattern and teach the the correct motor pathway the bar has got to move on things so The simple little things. Now, look, I'm telling you, I coached in the pros for a long time. I'd get kids up there that, you know, we paid millions of dollars. So I'd say, you know, we're going to try, we're going to do a one-leg squat up here just to be able to say, oh, I can squat 600 pounds. I said, well, good. I said, you know, you shouldn't have any problems with this, but I have to be able to see it. That's my job at stake and don't want to get hurt doing that. Man, coach, it looked like he dropped something, you know, a crater couldn't do one you know so i mean there you go uh i've seen more than a few guys do that in in my lifetime so somewhere down the line those you know even though they they can squat they it's not a full squat and uh it's it's something that uh you know and then every, every every little exercise is the same way um, uh, so there is an immense amount to learn out there. And like I told you, you're not going to learn it in a out. You're not, you're not going to learn it. And it'll take three to five days of pretty, pretty much eight, 10 hour days, just going over that stuff, being able to figure things out, you know, to do it. You know, that's me anyway, smarter guy, probably taking 30 minutes, you know, but, uh, you know, I've not been blessed in that area.
0: <laughs> coach, kind of one of my final last questions is, um, you know, you've been around some really great strength coaches. You're, a, you're a, a Hall of Fame strength coach. What What do you look for in a really good strength coach? What are some assets, some things that a great strength coach at a program has?
2: I think you got to be a people person, and I think that you know it all. There's, there's all kinds of personalities out there, and I never get Coach Bryant talking about that, and uh, you know, and he, he he said, "I don't want you to come in here and try to be something that you're not. So I want you to come in here and be who you are, and I don't want you to try to be me or anybody else." And uh, and that was great advice because there was probably the greatest, one of the greatest of all time that they're sitting there telling me that. And uh, it would be totally unwise of me not to be able to follow that pathway. So I think you've got to be your own self. You've got to be whatever your personality is. There's all kinds. I've seen, I've seen them win with all different types of kinds of personalities. But you've got to be able to get little Johnny and little Susie to jump through the fiery hoop. Uh, however, your personality calls for that. That's what you need to be able to foster, develop, and be able to utilize on a day-to-day basis and give them your very best. You know, One thing I can say, uh, I promise you this, and I made myself this promise. I said, if I got into coaching, I said, I am going to give it everything I've got every day that I'm out there. And I really believe that I did as good as I could do every time I put that whistle in my mouth. And I don't have to look back and say, God, shoot, I should have, should have, could have, would have but I did it and I, I gave it and I did it. Was it right? I don't know. That, that, that's to be determined. I, I know I made a lot of mistakes. I know that. But uh, I made them with uh, honest conscience and in the and then in, in the best behalf of the kids, you know, but I gave it everything I had. And I think that's one thing every coach needs to be able to coach himself on. Coach man,
1: it's, it's, like I said, it's been a, a quick hour and I, I got one more question for you. you know, it was, it was one of the things you had said uh, earlier, you know, when I asked you about you know the the weight room and, and you said, you know, coach, I, I just wanted to win and I, and I wanted to you know yeah. do that every day, every game, every rep. Um, I would have to imagine that um, the greatest athletes that you were around, you know the the John Elways, you know coach coach Parker or whoever when they were with the Giants, you were at the Giants, you know, you're around the Lawrence Taylors and the guys like that. I, I would imagine that was probably one of the attributes that those guys had, probably just unbelievable competitiveness and, and an unbelievable desire to win. Would you say that's true, or would I be maybe a little bit off, and, and what might be some of the, the attributes you saw in, you know, the best of the best that you worked with? Well,
2: I, I think you are right that, you know, each one was different personality. Now, you know, they were different daylight and dark but uh let me tell you one thing when when that helmet went on and it got time to ball uh and uh you know i tried to create that same same atmosphere in the weight room what you can't do but you know tried to get a facsimile thereof but yeah i mean bud they, they they would come you know the the Michael Strahan's, Michael Vicks, you know the the Elways, the the Phil Sims, uh, you know they they they, they was the big games. That's what they did. Michael Brooks, you you go back look. Steve Atwater's going in the Hall of Fame. You know, good Lord have mercy. I've been around some some great ones. Yes, yes, yes. That personality is uh, it, it's there. They, they they you know they. Uh, it's a sundress, whichever ones they have. But when that that helmet goes on, the ball snap. Yeah, yeah they they all play at the same speed, very very fast.
0: Well, coach, we we appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for spending an hour with us. It's been an unbelievable hour for us. We've learned obviously a ton, and and can't wait for uh, a bunch of other coaches uh, to hear it. And we can't wait to uh, buy the book. What what's what's the name of the book again? So I can make sure I can uh,
2: order it. Yeah, it's, uh, the the name of it is, uh, it's, it's the, uh, the system is the system, name of okay. it. Yeah, and it's just, you know, basically what it says on the front of the book is, it's uh, the Soviet periodization adapted for the American strength coach. And uh, I, I think that you'll be very pleased with it. I think that it and I would love to entertain being able to sit and visit with you guys on it and uh Q and A, Q&A, you know, on that. So uh if you ever ever have a question and if you pick it up and uh and and you come to something that you don't know the answer to or would like clarification on it, then uh you know, I'll be glad to give it to you. Uh, you know <laughs> Johnny and I are, are not spring chickens anymore and uh <laughs> You know, and, and and for me, and neither for meal and and, and chew. So, you know, uh, <laughs> my mama used to say, "Better cook while the kettle's hot." You know, so yeah, <laughs> if, if you catch my drift,
0: <laughs> Coach. You also mentioned there was a book, um, and and I escaped the name. It was a guy, uh, a strength coach, you said, who kind of who. Uh, influence that whole i believe you said louisiana or, or arkansas area he had a book out I, I believe you said as well that everyone should read um if i'm explaining that correctly what what was that
2: uh, well it was alvin roy alvin okay roy. and alvin had a book he wrote years oh gosh uh years and years and years ago there's not many copies that are out there i've, I've still got one but uh yeah he it's uh, i I don't know, I'll be frank with you, it's uh <laughs>
0: okay yeah. i can I can research that and try to find that as well. We appreciate it, coach. thank you yeah. so much. obviously, hope everyone buys your book. I know we will be uh, here as soon as we get off the phone and and again, thank you so much for your time and and hopefully
2: uh, you enjoyed it and hope you have a good night. Good luck to you guys, and uh, if I can ever be of help to you, please call me. Thank you and thank you for having me.